Dallas out of timeouts. Memphis by two, 1.8 remaining. Got to get it in. Here's Luca. Gets it away. It's good. A Doncic dagger. He went to the three. As he was stumbling, he somehow got it to go. Well, it doesn't seem like a lot of NBA fans can agree on much, but surely everyone in the NBA fraternity can agree that the youth of the NBA is genuinely outstanding. Smithy and I are here to go through our top 10 players in the NBA under the age of 25. So any player that is currently 25 or will be by the time the season begins is ineligible. Smithy, how are you, mate? And uh, I'm looking forward to this. It seems like it's been ages since we've done NBA content, but with the uh, NFL heating up, we're, um, we're still doing the two batches of content, which is good. Yeah, absolutely. Although this is probably the quietest uh, portion of the NBA in terms of the 12-month calendar. Mm. Obviously, you've got the season that goes for a good eight to nine months. Then you've got the draft shortly after, summer league, free agency, all sort of rolling into each other. And then there's a dead period for four to six weeks between the end of the summer league and the start of training camps and preseason. And we're smack bang in the middle of that, but that won't stop us from pushing out some content for our faithful MBA fans. Mate, that's it. It's the uh, the difference between the good and the great. The uh, the good are good when they have to be and the great are great when they want to be. And we're just churning out fantastic NBA content. So before we actually get into our top tens, they are different, we hope. Uh, we're going to go through an honorable mention. So our Mr. 11th, and we're going to get a player off the top of your head that you suspect will be in the top 10 next year. Who's going to make the leap? We might do the Mr. 11 now, and then who's going to take a leap at the end. So who finished 11th? Who just didn't make the cut for you, my friend? For me, and this one hurt because I am a really big fan of this guy. I love watching him play. but I just couldn't find a spot for him in that top 10. And it's De'Aaron Fox from the oh, Sacramento boy. Kings. He took a really nice leap this year. His stats really look good. 25 points and seven assists per game. They are really good numbers. But I think it's just the fact he plays on the Kings, it just gets looked over, I think. And I was quite the same because they're not really relevant. Um, you miss some of those big moments and he starts sort of fly under the radar. So as good as he is, I just managed to find 10 better than him. Well, we and what a uh, dig to the Sacramento Kings fan. So it's been nice having you listen in, but I uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your evening. I think uh, Kings fans can admit themselves that they're irrelevant, let's be honest. Yeah, but the only thing keeping them relevant is probably De'Aaron Fox. So uh, my man, because you were so polite in asking me, my friend, there were only three players in the NBA last year who finished with stat lines of 20 plus, 10 plus, 6 plus. That is Giannis, who is probably the best player in the league right now. Hard not to be when you're the finals MVP. Nikola Jokic, who was the MVP, and this man, DeMontis Sabonis, who helped me win the NBA Fantasy uh, League this year, it's fair to say. He was my dark horse, and um, I'm not biased enough to put him in my top 10, but he can be my Mr. 11 and very comfortable with that. So let's get stuck into it, mate. Do you want to take it away, or do you want me to go first? Oh, no, I'll go first. Thank you, my friend. Go for it, mate. Who's your number 10? That's the most uh, my, polite we've been to each other in yeah. nine years of knowing each other. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a rare moment. Go for it won't it. happen again. <laughs> yeah, that's it. My uh, number 10 
comes from South Beach, Miami. He is an up-and-coming center who is going to flourish into one of the best all-around players in the NBA, I think. Um, I just love his skill set. His name is Bam, Bam Adebayo. Last year, he averaged 19 points, which is very handy and probably more than a lot of people would have suspected. Yeah, um, it's more than I thought. Yeah. Nearly, nearly a 20-point-per-game scorer, which is it surprised me in doing my research. He averaged nine rebounds. He also threw in five and a half assists. So um, to have your center getting nearly six assists a game, he would have joined that list that you just mentioned. Yeah. Uh, Shot the ball really well everywhere apart from behind the three-point line, but he has the willingness to shoot the three ball, and that's what I like because I've said it once and I'll say it again. You need to at least have the confidence to attempt the three ball no matter how bad you are because if you make one or two, the defense is going to have to respect you and then it just opens up all the other avenues to the scoring. So um, he's willing to shoot the ball. He's improving. And just his all-round game, he also averaged over a one block and one steal a game. So his stats are fantastic. Uh, his impact is huge. And he's one of those players who, despite his stats being that good, I don't think his entire production is reflected in the stat sheet. I think he does a lot of things that don't show up on the sheet, such as the likes of Draymond Green. Um, I think they're quite similar in ways. So uh, Bam at 10 means that there is a bucket load of talent to come. Who have you got at 10? Yeah, there absolutely is. Um, I have got a man who was traded from the Los Angeles Lakers to the New Orleans Pelicans. And I reckon it's that move and the fact that he's got a teammate who will both feature much higher on our lists, I hope. Um, he's sort of going under the radar at the moment, and that's Brandon Ingram, who last season averaged a tick under 24 points, just a tick under five rebounds and a tick under five assists uh, from 40, uh, 46.6% field goal percentage, which I don't associate him as a ultra-magnificent um, shooter of the ball, but, geez, they're better uh, numbers than I thought they were. I think this guy's kind of underrated on defense as well, so... I'm going as my sort of number 10 as an under-the-radar pick. I really like B.I., and just because he isn't a Laker anymore doesn't mean he doesn't deserve the attention, so he can get some love from Daz. He's number 10 for me. Yeah, I love it because he's my number nine. Oh, there you go. A bit of love uh, from everyone at TDs and Threes. We like it. Oh, that's what we aim to do, mate. We, we're not on here to bring people down. We're here to pump people up. And Absolutely. Brandon Ingram deserves some pumping up because... He had a really good year last year. You outlined his stats. Uh, he is just a bucket getter. It's as simple as that. Um, his size makes it very hard to defend because he's got a guard skill set in his 6'10 frame. Um, so it's very hard to contest his shot. When he gets to his spot and rises up, it's hard to stop him. And like you said, I think he's somewhat underrated defensively. Um, with that really long wingspan that he has, he's able to disrupt the passing lane and he's able to get really wide in his defensive stand. So it makes it hard for people to drive past him. If he can take his playmaking to the next level, especially now with Lonzo Ball gone, I think Lonzo did a lot of the ball handling in New Orleans. Obviously now he's a Chicago Bull. I think if Brandon Ingram can turn into that point forward 
handle the ball, play and make, but also still averages 20 to 25 points a game. He can take his game to the next level. So at the moment, he's nine. But ne- this time next year, he could be a top five player in this list for me. Yeah, I like it. Huge call. So number nine for me uh, has already been mentioned. He didn't make your list, but he's making mine. De'Aaron Fox, I mean, look, the NBA, social media itself, this generation, whatever you want to call it, it is all about box office, and this man is worth the ticket. He's a king that plays for the Kings, and just because his uh, organization's a bit dysfunctional doesn't mean that he shouldn't get the love. So uh, De'Aaron out there, I know you'll be listening because why wouldn't you to the magnificent content that we're pushing out? Uh, Smithy's going to get donuts from you, my friend. I'll happily take some uh, a Kings jersey. It'll be worth buckets one day. 25.2 points from 47.7% field goal percentage and seven assists. What does that tell me? This man thrives. With the ball in his hand, he's lightning quick. Look, is he the best defender in the world? No, but the Kings have got a whole lot more problems than De'Aaron Fox on defense. This man is a star. And like you said, mate, given the fact that we've got to sort of manipulate these lists and narrow it down to 10 or in our case, uh, 11 because of our honorable mention, this league is in such good hands for a long time. It's magnificent. Yeah, it's it's really fun talking about this stuff. Um I do feel bad leaving De'Aaron out, but yeah, you should. at the end of the day, I just think that especially I think it was I was choosing out of the player I'm about to name and De'Aaron Fox were the two that I was tossing and turning over. But when I project this guy's future, I can see him being a better player than De'Aaron Fox. So that had a fair bit to do oh, okay. with my decision. Number eight. Uh, it's Ja Morant. The man who was picked, man who was picked after Zion Williamson from Murray State. A lot, not a lot coming out of Murray. Murray State. Okay. Not a lot coming out of Murray State. Where is Murray State? Do you know your geography, mate? Because I do know it. No clue. I think it's in the south somewhere. Um, I'm not sure specifically of the state, but. I know it's Division Two college. Twenty three percent of our audience is from the US. So if you really want to annoy them, do you want to take a guess and probably get it wrong? Uh, I feel like it's either Louisiana or Alabama. It's around. I think it's around there somewhere. But I'm I'm sure someone will uh, correct me in the in the comments or something. But um, this guy is just a freakish talent. Last year, he averaged over 19 points per game, uh, seven and a half assists, one steal. He averaged four rebounds as well at the point guard position. And I think the thing that probably puts Ja Morant over De'Aaron Fox is one, the projection, because Ja Morant is so untapped, so young, but also just the flashes of brilliance. I think he has a lot more... um, flashy noticeable plays you know you see the big dunks the alley-oops the no look passes um he just really flashes on the court but he's also so fundamentally solid um this guy is a cornerstone point guard for the future one criticism of him for me is just the turnovers he's averaged over three turnovers in his first two years so he needs to bring those numbers down and he could also shoot the three ball a bit better um, just over 30%, but he has got so much room to grow. Um, he's just, Obviously, he wasn't a very popular recruit 
coming into college because he could only get a division two scholarship. Wasn't even playing, uh, you know, first division NCAA basketball. So to be a top three pick after getting no division one offers means that he is just rapidly improving with every year. And I can see that um, happening throughout the next few years of his development. So, so excited to watch Jar Morant for the next 10 to 15 years. Yeah, so spoiler alert, uh, Jar is going to be the guy that uh, towards the end of the episode that is my will be in top 10 next year. He'll probably be in the top 10 by Christmas, but putting my list together, I wanted blokes that already have results and Jar hasn't got the results of the other players on my list yet. But again, this isn't going to be Daz turns into being wrong. By Christmas, he's probably on the top 10 easily. I just need that uh, room that he has to grow to begin growing, and I've got no doubt he's going to do that sooner rather than later. So with my number eight pick, I'm going with the most underrated player in the NBA media, and yet he's somehow the most overrated player on Twitter because, and it's not his fault, it's the Twitter mafia that attack people for having different opinions. But we can just be okay with the fact that this man is a star and continually growing. And that's Shy Gilgus Alexander. Don't try and say that quickly, Daz. But um, SGA, I know he only played 35 games last year, 23.7 points from nearly 51% field goal percentage, uh, just over four and a half rebounds and six assists. I mean, look, I understand that someone like Jar has got the potential, but SGA not only has the potential, but he's putting it together. And I know he plays for OKC, but can anyone talk about him that gets paid money to do this? Anyone? At some stage, please. He got way more hype when he was on the Clippers and had about a third of the stats that he had in <laughs> OKC last year. It's just taking uh, a piss. So and it's as an indictment a on OKC. Of- yeah, and as a fan of a small market team, uh, it does get frustrating. But alas, we're going to move on to number seven. We are, mate. Who have you and got? my number seven is a man who I think has got seriously forgotten about due to injury. Mm. Uh, he injured his ACL towards the end of the regular season last year, uh, missed all the playoffs and will miss most of next year. But this guy is a genuine star. His name's Jamal Murray. And... He was averaging over 21 points a game with five assists and four rebounds before he hurt his knee. Um, Geez, he is just a baller. Shoots over 40% from behind the three-point line. He's an 87% free throw shooter. Has an effective field goal percentage of 56. So he is just a pure bucket getter. And I think... Back to the NBA bubble down in he Florida. The he the series between he and Donovan Mitchell, who only just misses out on this list by a couple of weeks, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, he would have been he would have featured, but he's a bit too old. But the battle that those two had, they were just going back and forth, dropping forty point games against each other, and it was just madness. Um, he is an absolute star. Uh, I think the combination of having the MVP play next to him in Jokic and the injury, no one talks about how good this guy is, mm. but he is a certified bucket. Does Yeah, I like that. Certified bucket is a great nickname. I've got Jamal Murray at seven as well, so I don't need to second over what you've just said, mate. You've done it so beautifully. So I'm going to move on to my number six. I bleed green and so does this man who... 
by the way, uh, I know he signed a four-year deal. I think it was the end of not this year, but last year, maybe. I think no, he's in the third year of his four-year deal, I believe. And he's still somehow underpaid, but he's one of the best two-way players in the NBA. Smithy's got a man crush on him, and he is a Boston man. Jalen Brown is my number six. Let's just forget his stats for a second. For his size, this man is an elite defender. Marcus Smart gets all the defensive credit at Boston, and I would know I consume more Celtics um, at media than I do uh, the mainstream NBA media, and it's... I think it's criminal how much that this guy doesn't get the respect that he does when the opposition have got the ball. But when the ball is in his hands, 24.7 points last year from 48.4% field goal percentage, six rebounds, which for his size, happy to take that. 3.4 rebounds, which for the small forward slash shooting guard that he is, he can play the two and the three really well. Is, uh, is not bad, but he's been in the NBA now for five years and he's shooting at 47.3% for his career. For his career, Smithy. Yeah. Bugger crazy. off, Jalen. It's crazy numbers. And he is also my six. Oh, so back to back picks. Uh, I won't go too long, but for him to be a 25 point per game scorer and a outstanding defender. And the fact that he is still under the age of 25, um, it's kind of scary. Mm, definitely is. And don't forget, for the first 25, 30 games of the season, he was better than Jason Tatum. Yeah, by, he was. And by a comfortable distance. Yeah, he, he was the best player in Boston for at least half the year. Yeah, absolutely was. So who is your number five, mate? My number five is a man who fell just short in the NBA finals this year. Um, I know Daz was brooding for him Ooh, and his team. This hurts. But unfortunately uh, for him, not unfortunately for me, I predicted <laughs> the series correctly. Yep, there it is. <laughs> um, for everyone playing the drinking game at home, yeah. you can uh, have one there. That's awesome. Enjoy that on me. But Bucks in, six, <laughs> Bucks in six came to fruition. Unfortunately for Devin Booker, he was on the losing side of that. But there's no denying this guy is a superstar. Uh, Average just over 25.5 points per game, uh, 4.3 assists, 4.2 rebounds. But he does his best work shooting the ball. He actually only shot 34% from behind the three-point line, which surprised me. But considering he's taking nearly six attempts per game, uh, the pure volume is probably bringing those numbers down. But he shoots 54% from two-point range, and he's an 87% free-throw shooter, which shows that he's got that shooting touch. Um, I think this guy's a better playmaker than what people remember, or what people say that he is. I think they easily forget that the two years before Chris Paul showed up to town, he averaged seven assists in both years. Wow. So um, <clears throat> he was a 25-point-per-game scorer, but also getting seven assists on top of that. Obviously, with Chris Paul and Phoenix this year, he didn't need to do that, but he's still got that ability. And he made so many clutch shots in that <sighs> NBA playoff run. Yeah. Um, in the NBA finals, we saw it, but we also saw it in the Western Conference series in the lead-up to the finals. He just made some really, really clutch shots. And um, 
at only 24 years of age, he's going to be a problem in this league for a long time. Yeah, he really is. And I'm not trying to make the middle part of this list boring, but Devin Booker is my number five as well, my man. Um, we did get a message in. I apologize. I don't uh, have your name on it, but we're, it, it's not a positive response that you're going to get. Was saying that he, uh, he let Phoenix down. I, don't, I think they had a lot more problems the Phoenix Suns did than Devin Booker's performance for a 24-year-old in the NBA final. So whoever it was that sent that through, Shame on you. Maybe let's uh, direct some of the uh, the criticism towards the Suns that uh, didn't perform as much. But this man, I mean, look, at 24 years of age, to have already got some NBA Finals experience under his belt, LeBron was 26 when he won his first Finals. I don't know why I'm bringing up LeBron, but there's a little bit of a comparison. Um, and not everyone gets, a, um, gets their first Finals appearance and then gets a ring, and this league isn't supposed to be easy. Devin Booker makes the extremely difficult look easy at times, and I can only imagine him going onwards and upwards. And I'm looking forward to this time next year who would be in the top 10 because we've probably got 13 or 14 names we have to narrow down to 10. That could come to 16 or 17 at the end of the yeah. year with guys like yeah, the Ball Brothers and all them shooting upwards. So I feel like I've gone off on a tangent, but Devin Booker is my number five as well, mate. So my number four, I really hope we start differing here or the end of this episode is going to be... Ugh, a little bit dry. I'm going for a man who was second to Giannis for uh, gaining reputation from the playoffs. Uh, 25.3 points this man shot at 43.8% uh, field goal percentage, which is the lowest for everyone that I've got on my list. Uh, fun fact. But 9.4 assists is simply taking the piss. Ice cold, Trey Young. Gotta love Trey. Gotta love what he did in the playoffs. Yeah, the, I haven't seen Madison uh, Madison Square Garden that electric since Mello was in town. Yeah, hundred percent. It was unreal. He just he just rose to the occasion. But I'm going to talk about him a little bit later. It's mm. minor before is different. Hallelujah. We've got Hallelujah. a Let's we've go. got a change up. At four, I'm going for another Boston Celtic. So the fact that they've got two players on this list is frightening. Probably uh, shows but, the lack of depth on the other part of the, uh, on the other end of the roster, but that's a, uh, another episode, that, I think. That's a discussion for another time. Sure but is. At four, I've got Jason Tatum. His stats last year, impressive. Bonkers. For a man that you're not the biggest fan of, and I hope you talk about why. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> bit over 26 points per game. Seven and a half rebounds, four assists, over a steal a game. Uh, shot another one who shot 87% from the free throw line. So that's a common theme 87% free throw shooters. He shot uh, over 50% from two point range and shot 39% from the th- behind the three point line. Mm-hmm. So just really, really good numbers. But I think he really stood up in terms of. Uh, leading this team, uh, he definitely became the number one option and he took that um, responsibility and ran with it. But I think he ran a bit too fast with it sometimes and yeah. just got a bit too ahead of himself. Um, one of the reasons that I critique him is I think his shot selection is really poor. I think he can take really bad shots at times that he doesn't need to. And you know, the game, there can be situations where they're down two, they just need a 
layup to force overtime and he'll take a 33-foot step back, fade away a three-pointer in the yep. face of two people. So I think in the grand scheme of things, obviously I'm nitpicking here because this is such an elite list and to be <laughs> at number four on this list yeah. is absolutely no skin off his nose. But this is just why I'm a little bit lower on him than everyone else because they neglect that point um, in terms of his game. Mm. I also don't think he's that good defensively. Not that he needs to be great because he's got players like Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown around him. But um, for me to view you as one of the best in the league, you have to have a bit of two-way ability. And I think he lacks that at the moment. So they're the two little things that I'd nitpick with Jason Tatum. But overall, obviously a fantastic talent who is going places in this league. Yeah, so my sort of gripe with JT, and the reason why I'm segueing into this is because he's my number three now. My head tells me that Trey Young's a better player. He just is. Right now, he is. But here's the beautiful thing about my list, is sometimes you get to go with your heart. Now, Smithy, unfortunately, can't do that. Not a dig, but Smithy doesn't have any Portland players on the list. And again, I, I don't know how to word that without it sounding like I'm having a dig. I'm really not. But Smithy got to go head with his head all the way through and make uh, the best educated decisions. Whereas, you know, I've had the beauty here of uh, having two young superstars. And, you know, seriously, if you ran into me on the street, number one, how do you know what I look like? But number two would be like, Daz, do you honestly believe that JT right now is better than Trey Young? Look, my answer is probably no, but he plays for more boys and I love him. So number three that he goes. But. I'm not one of those fans that claims that everyone that plays on my team is perfect. St- Number one, stop whinging to the refs, JT. Not once in professional sport have I ever seen a player go to a ref. What was that? And the ref go, you're right, there was nothing. Uh, sorry, guys. I'm just going to do a quick reversal of that and give him the ball back because he's making some excellent points. It's never happened. Stop arguing. Number one. Number two, stop trying to be the next Kobe. Be the best version of Jason Tatum that you can would be great because, and as much as I love Kobe and he has done more things to the game than 99% of NBA players ever will. And may he rest in peace. Absolutely. Also has the most missed shots in history. And we are in an an age of the NBA now where scoring is going up, which means missing shots probably becomes more and more important. But also at the end of the day, the man can go get a bucket. Once he starts uh, attacking the rim more and getting to the free throw line, this man is going to genuinely dominate. I think he wins an MVP before his career is out, as I do believe that the uh, first, my, my number one and number two probably will. I'm not so sure Trey wins an MVP, which is also why I had JT a three. I love the man. I hope JT's legacy is not trying to be Kobe Bryant light, is trying to be the best version of Jason Tatum. And I hope he brings banger, Banner 18 to the TD Garden, and that is my rant over, mate. Who's your number three? Well said, my friend. I'll go on to my number three, and it's a man, another man that resides in New Orleans. Mm. I know Dazzling has got him. I assume he's got him one spot higher because if he doesn't have who I think he has at number one, uh, will this show won't be heard. So, <laughs> um, if you're listening to this, I made yeah. the right call. <laughs> <laughs> So I'll just get on to this man. His name is Zion Williamson, one of the most hyped players to come into the NBA since LeBron James. Uh, In his second season in the NBA, averaged 27 points and seven rebounds, which is fantastic numbers. Uh, But 
I've got a few little nits to pick with Zion. Oh, boy. And the reason that he's not at two and I have a certain Atlanta Hawk at two is because I think Zion has more holes in his game right now. Uh, Let's go to the turnovers. He's playing power forward. Shouldn't be handling the ball much. Yeah, but that's a Stan Van Gundy problem, I reckon. He averages three turnovers. That's still too much. That ain't a Stan Van Gundy problem. Averages three turnovers game as the power forward. Look, he's not the kind of guy who's going to be running your offense. So three turnovers, too many. Clean it up, please, Zion. (laughs) Let's go to the free throws. Oof. For a man who lives in the paint, lives in the paint, he averages less than one three-point attempt per game, 0.6 to be specific. Mm-hmm. So he is not taking three-pointers. He is getting all of his 27 points per game inside the paint. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do that, you need to shoot better than 69% from the free throw line. Yeah, can't argue with that. You need to clean that up because that's going to take you from a fantastic young player to a genuine MVP caliber player. Mm. Like I believe the next two people are. Yep. Third point is the three pointers. I've said it in this episode. I've said it before. I'll say it again. You need to at least be attempting the three because that's going to open everything else up for Zion. He is that explosive, that athletic, that if he can knock, let's say, two three-pointers down in the first half, they're going to go into the locker room and they're going to say, okay, if Zion is behind the three-point line, you need to step up. As soon as they do that, he's flying past them and he's dunking the ball. Yep. But he's either getting can... two or two and one. Sorry. Exactly right. What deal. <laughs> and that all of these things mesh together in terms of where he can get better. Um, I think there, there are a few of the big reasons that he really can improve. Um, it's just, it, and again, they're little things because we know how fantastic of a talent he is. We know how exciting he is to watch and we know that he's going to be an absolute star in this league for the next 10 to 15 years. But I have the two people ahead of him because I think they have less holes than what Zion does at the moment. And I'll get onto those after you just have your little two cents about Zion, and I'll get to my number two after that. Yeah, so my number two is Zion. So I just actually do want to continue this chat because you've covered it magnificently. So if I'm playing devil's advocate here, and by devil's advocate, I mean random on Twitter, because that's all the devil's advocate is right now is people are going to come out and say, well, what about Shaq? Because Shaq wasn't a good free throw taker. Now, my opinion, and I'd like to know where you stand, is just because something works for Shaq doesn't mean it's going to work for everyone. Otherwise, Shaq wouldn't be regarded as one of the best ever, let alone one of the best ever centers. Yeah, well, absolutely. And if imagine if Shaq was a better free throw shooter. Imagine if he figured out a way to improve i'm looking up his stats now uh career obviously had a long career we'll go to his career free throw percentage you know he only ever made one three in his career shack he did For so all, he's and at orlando too his career free throw percentage <clears throat> so he played 
he played 18 seasons in the NBA. So what what are we considering not that great? I'm going to say high 60, 68. It was 52%. <laughs> so he was he was making, you know, one out of two every time he went to the line. Wow. He averaged in his career 24 points per game. My goodness. If he bumps that up to let's say 75%. Yeah. So if he makes half of his misses, that'll make it 75. Yeah. And he averages 28, 29 points per game. Yeah. And goes down as undeniably the greatest center of all time. Mm. So I still don't. Yeah. Obviously, we still know Shaq is one of the best to ever do it. And it's similar to Zion. If he continues on this trajectory, he's going to be, you know, one of the most explosive and exciting power forwards ever. But he could turn it into so much more if he fixes those little things. And the people who I have above him, they might have one or two little flaws, but not as many as I picked up with Zion. So uh, that's my justification. All right, now you're going to talk about an Atlanta Hawk at your number two, and I'm looking forward to what you've got to say about John Collins. No, I'm kidding. Uh, (laughs) Take it away, mate. Trey Young. Yeah, lit the NBA playoffs on fire. Uh, In his second season, this guy averaged 30 points per game. Yeah, that's not okay. (laughs) And not only did he average 30 points per game in his second season, he averaged nine and a half assists on top of that. I reckon you're reading off 2K. That's not real. That's not real. While shooting 36% from the three-point line. Bugger off, Trey. Yeah. So his scoring took a little bit of a backseat last year because they had an influx of talent come onto the roster, Uh, hence their Eastern Conference Finals um, performance. He still averaged over 25 points per game, nine and a half assists. He's another one who really needs to clean up turnovers, but I think he has got a way higher usage rate than Zion Williamson and Ja Morant. Uh, He's always got the ball in his hands, so turnovers are going to happen. If he could bring that four down to two and a half, I think that would be really good. Um, The only real flaw in Trey Young's game is defense. Uh, obviously, he's a small guy, six foot one, really l- lean and light framed. So he's never going to be a great defender. Mm. But the impact he has on the offensive end of the floor is just remarkable. And although he may not be a good individual defender, he still averaged a steal a game this year. So he, he's, he's a himself- man that just gets in the right spots. Just he's getting himself probably, into. Yeah into the passing lanes. Mm. Uh, he's doing all the right things technically on defense. He just doesn't have the, you know, he wasn't born with the frame to be an outstanding defender. So, um, yeah, I think Trey Young is just having a bigger overall impact on his team than Zion right now. And he has probably one or two less flaws. So that's why I put him over the top of him in my rankings. There you go. Now, before we started recording, Smithy and I, the only part of our lists that we double-checked 
uh, is that number one was the same to make sure neither one of us was having a stroke. But before we get into that introduction, Smithy, who are you predicting to jump into the top 10 this time next year? Who's going to make the leap for you who didn't make it this year? I think it's pretty hard to see a list next year that doesn't feature LaMelo Ball. Mm. Um, I was close to putting him in this year after his rookie year. And I think the Hornets roster is looking even better now. Mm. He's going to have another preseason under his belt. Um, He had the injury last year, so hopefully he's fully healthy. I just think... His overall skill set is incredibly exciting, and I can see him featuring on this list this time next year. Yeah, so I I agree with you, even though I had Jar in there as well. The the, the list next year is just going to be absolutely bonkers. And speaking of rookies that might make their way in, Cade Cunningham could very easily have a season that puts him on the precipice of the list as well. So this NBA season is going to be amazing. So let's get into the number one and let's fawn over. The 22-year-old superstar, 22. It's not okay that this man is only 22. And churning out the quality that he is, this man is a star. Everyone knows him. Grant Williams. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's Luca. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Grant. You probably don't deserve that, mate. But, uh, yeah, let's talk about Luca. What did Grant do to you? Oh, it's, he, he, he gets minutes. And I'm not okay with it. <laughs> Let's move on to Luka Please Doncic do, stats. Because Daz gets on the therapist's couch. Let's go. 2020-2021, he averaged 28 points, uh, nine assists, and eight rebounds. Yep, And with that's a uh, conversation over. Good night, everyone. No, I'm going to yeah. keep going. <laughs> with a steal a game thrown in there, um, he averaged 57% from inside the arc and 35% from outside it. Those regular season stats are all well and good. Mm-hmm. But what stage do you think, like what what time of the season do people go from really good players to superstars in this league? It would have to be going from the regular season to the postseason, my friend. Do you want to hear this guy's postseason stats? Uh, I don't in want the series, to. I need to. In the series against LA. Mm-hmm. Hit me. He averaged 36 points. <laughs> He averaged uh, 10 assists. Oh, so if he's not scoring, someone is. He averaged eight rebounds, one and a half steals. Oh. Just stupid stats, like stupid good stats. Mm. This guy was 21 when they were playing that series. Yeah. He had his 22nd birthday between the end of the NBA season and the start of the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, dominated in, in the Olympics uh, before a little injury uh, slowed him down against uh, our Aussies. But he is just, he could be the greatest talent we've seen since LeBron James in this league. Yep. Um, all around game is there. The one tiny thing that you could possibly pull him up on uh, is maybe his free throw shooting. Um, he really struggled in the playoffs from the line. Uh, he only shot 53% from the free throw line against Ooh. the Clippers. Yeah. Um, so he's had his troubles, but other than that, you cannot fault him. Um, yeah. And to be the age he is and to have the impact on the league that he already has after three seasons, goodness me. 
Yeah, and if there's one thing that I can pick for Luca to improve on, if you take out the Los Angeles Clippers, him and I have the exact same playoff stats. Now, that's not entirely his fault because he's only ever played the LA Clippers, and I'm just taking the piss. I've got no new words. I think we're going to run out of superlatives really quickly when it comes to describing the quality that is Luka Doncic. So uh, I know I took the piss there at the end, but this man takes the piss on the daily the closest Smithy and I have ever had to having a, uh, a verbal dust up, a real one, was when I took Luca in the uh, NBA draft fantasy-wise at pick two. He's actually looking quite annoyed, as I've said that out loud through my mic too, but um, which was a great win. So, Luca, I rode your season um, very nicely. You absolutely dominated. If this man isn't in the upper echelons of the MVP this year, something has gone disastrously wrong. I hope Dallas can fix their roster to get him the best unit that they can. Imagine if he hit the open. Oh, I know he signed the Supermax, but even in five years, he's only going to be 27. I think he signed the Supermax after he turned 22. So he's going to be 27 when that Supermax goes. Him on the open market, he could be the first blank check player we've ever seen. Yeah. Just write down your number, Luca. We'll get it done. And with the salary cap influx as we get every year. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh. <laughs> could Serious question. Yeah. Could he be the first billion-dollar contract athlete? Uh, as because he earns we, a billion across his professional career? No, in, in one contract. Because we saw in the NFL circles, Patrick Mahomes got a $500 million contract. Mm. That was signed, I think, two years ago? Yep. We're speaking so. five years in the future. Mm. With the way the salary cap's trending, could Luka Doncic, Doncic sign a contract worth $1 billion over the course of it? Or is that just getting out of hand? Yeah, that's ludicrous. You'd have to get... That's $100 million a year for a 10-year deal at 27. That's not happening. Yeah, okay. 500? If half? I'm with you on he could almost be half. Because Mahomes' was um, 10 years, 500, Ooh. $500 oh, million. Okay. Well, was four five hundred? Okay, I thought it yeah. was about four eighty. But look, if I was going to put my house on a number and keep it conservative, four hundred, absolutely. And yeah. look, and by the way, for a man that's already signed a supermax, what the hell is he going to do with four hundred million dollars? Yeah, scary. Man, I just I'd have point one percent of that. Be handy. That's four hundred grand. Yeah, I'll take that in my pocket. He's getting four. Jesus. Anyway. Well, uh, Luca, if Smithy ever buys an NBA team, you're going to be one hell of a rich man with a billion-dollar <laughs> contract. But uh, I think that's a good way to end it up, mate. I wish we could get a contract that uh, was even 0.1% of that. It'd be handy. Yeah, if anyone's listening and wants yeah, to if, mate, if anyone's out there and wants to give us a, uh, a sponsorship, well, uh, mate, we'll promote anything as long as it doesn't kill anyone. So <laughs> uh, that's where we're at. Uh, that should be the slogan for this show. Just instead of US sport Aussie style, it's just TDs and threes. We'll promote it if it doesn't kill anyone. So that's where we're at. Thank you so much for listening. We apologize that the uh, NBA content is a little bit infrequent at the moment. Let's be honest. It's the, um, like Smithy said, it's the part of the year where not a whole lot is happening. Of the messages that we're getting through on the message boards, I mean, look, 90% of them are about Ben Simmons. So I feel like that's we're going to have to dedicate an episode to that. 
maybe when we figure out what team he's going to play for next year will be when we talk about it, mate, but we know that's going to come up. So to the NBA fans out there, thank you for sticking fat. We are so close, mate. We are so close to 500 downloads, which when we started this seemed ludicrous. Yeah, it was a uh, pipe dream at that stage. Yeah, absolutely well. So thank you so much. If you know an NBA fan that wants to get around a couple of Aussies who take the piss, but with quality analysis, please get them onto us. We've got Twitter. We've got Instagram. And now we've got Facebook. Mate, we are hitting the socials in an unbelievable way. Teddies and Threes podcast. Uh, look for us on Twitter at Teddies and Threes podcast. Instagram, Teddies and Threes underscore podcast. Don't forget that underscore. And on Facebook, Teddies and Threes podcast. Our channel logo is the profile picture for all them. So you should be absolutely fine. Uh, to anyone listening here in America, which is about 24% of our audience, as we said, I actually think I've said three different numbers the amount of times we brought up in the show, but it is 24%. Uh, if you have been affected by the recent weather troubles and the hurricanes, we wish you all the best. If you have family or friends in the area, we wish them the best as well. We know Smithy signs off with a stay safe, but I'm going to say it here as well. Um, stay safe. Fingers crossed all your loved ones are okay. And the, um, and the east coast of the US can be rebuilt as quickly as possible because no one wants to see it. To us Aussies, we're almost out of lockdown, it seems like. If uh, if shit can get together, we can't wait for lockdown to ease. Maybe have a teddies and threes catch up with some fans. They'd be unreal. Down the road, that's enough of me rambling, mate. I reckon we get out of here. It's been a pleasure, and I'll uh, catch you next time. Yeah, been a pleasure. Thanks, NBA fans, for sticking around. The content is going to ramp up as the season approaches. Uh, but most importantly, stay safe, everyone.